You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to Utabia Podcast, our Huddersfield Town podcast. Uh, I'm your host Rory Benson, there's no Jim Chisholm with us today unfortunately, but I'm joined by Mel Booth and Reese Thomas, both at the Huddersfield Examiner, and we're just going to look back over the Leicester City result last weekend and look ahead towards uh, Tottenham this weekend and see if Town can get that first Premier League win on the board this season. Uh, to kick us off, Leicester, how did you see the game Mel? It was an error sort of ridden performance by town exactly that it was extremely frustrating really because it wasn't just the goals which came from errors um, which was evident for everyone to see but it was all the silly little errors in between which prevent prevented them building prevented them getting a foothold in the game and it was I was relieved to get to half time at one each in the end because town had taken that early early lead through Zanka and then you know Leicester had been gifted the chance to counter-attack and score. Uh, and I was I just thought that Town would set out their stall again in the second half. Unfortunately, from the kick-off, De Poitre plays it back to Billing, five yards behind our centre circle. He then turns and plays it to Eric Derm, by which time Jamie Vardy is right on top of him and we've suddenly got a throw-in opposite the corner of our box. Now that is not the way to make a statement at the start of a second half when you really should be setting your stall out to show them what you're about. Even then, it was still very much in the balance up to the hour mark and then when Lauren de Poitre missed that chance, having been put through by Rajiv van Lepara, um, didn't take the opportunity to, to put his foot through the ball and at least get a shot away. Um, Leicester went up the field, scored that fabulous free kick and then obviously added one near the end. So ultimately, extremely frustrating um, for Town to be architects of their own downfall in many ways uh, in a match where they really ought to have been looking to get something out of it. Do we see that as a as a positive or a negative then? Because, <coughs> Excuse me. yeah, that it was uh, sort of error-strewn, <coughs> which wasn't great, but if we cut those errors out, it looks like Town can compete with teams such such as Leicester, who you know are pretty much an established Premier League side now. So, would you take confidence from that, or is it the flip side where we should see that negatively because they are making mistakes and you can't do that in the Premier League? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it shows obviously that they can compete with Leicester City, which is is a good aspect. And like I said, the first half it looked like. They held their own and, and obviously took the lead, which was a positive. I think Leicester are one of those teams, even though they're going through a fairly a bit of a dip for their standards, they're still probably the best of the rest in terms of below the top six. So it's definitely a tricky game. I think just with the budget that Town have got, and although they've got a, a great unit and players that work hard, I think they need, they need to have an error-free game to get points against teams like this because if you make any kind of errors... 
they might not be the team that won the title anymore, but they've got Madison, they've got Vardy, they've obviously got Maguire in defence, they are a top team. So I think for Town to pick up that first win, they're going to need to have just a solid, simple, error-free performance, really. I think we saw something similar last season, at the start of the season as well, obviously Town started with wins against Crystal Palace and Newcastle, but when we hit the Tottenham game last year, we saw that maybe there were a few basic errors which were getting made, which I think it was Chris Lerver who didn't have a great game against Tottenham last time, and two of his errors were punished for goals. But what we did see last year was that after that, Town went back to basics, they started putting their foot through the ball rather than messing around with it at the back. Is that something that we just think needs to happen again this year? They need to get their heads screwed on again and get back to that way of playing? Yeah, I think that would serve them well, yeah, to be more, um, let's say, uh, aggressive at the back in terms of getting the ball away. It's not what David Wagner likes to do. He likes to keep possession and he likes to play with the football. Uh, and the more you've got the ball, the less your opposition have got the ball. So that that's his premise, I think. Um, I think uh, certainly I would like to see Town more on the front foot and having that bit more of a go within a framework. We've talked, as Reese has just said, about having that, that, that solid um, unit there. I think that there is scope within that to be a little bit more enterprising going forward and I think that we would all like to see that particularly at home obviously Spurs are a top class side so it's not going to be easy at all but I think there is scope there for town to be a little bit more enterprising a little bit more expressive and maybe to try and capitalise more without leaving themselves exposed at the back um, on, on, on particularly set pieces uh, and if they can actually you know, expose um, some areas behind the Tottenham line. Yeah, you mentioned set pieces there. We've had three goals, one, the last one coming against Leicester, all from set pieces. I think all from Phil Billing's long throws as well, apart from maybe one. Uh, does that bring you confidence going into these matches? I guess set pieces are those points in a game where you, you can score, even if you're nowhere near sort of competing in terms of possession and things like that but again we haven't seen them creating open open play so it's kind of a, a positive but now that we've got three goals and all of them from set pieces it's becoming a negative as well yeah and I think it's one of those seasons where it's you get certain seasons where there's teams that in a certain part of their cycle their things aren't going too well for them and they're almost architects of their own downfall really but Having watched quite a bit of the Championship last season, I think the teams that have come up are really positive, really attacking. I think it's going to take more than just being solid and and nicking goals from set pieces and and trying to stay tight. Like Wolves have come up and they're really positive. They're playing really good football. Watched a lot of Fulham and they did exactly the same. I think, like like you said, Mel, I think it is going to take a lot more positivity and maybe risking a bit more to be able to get not only the first goal but pushing for the second and not just sitting tight because I, I just don't think it's one of those seasons where that that's going to be the way forward really mm. I think the, the the town are keen though to I think they realise the importance of set pieces talking to Andrew Hughes last week um, and, and obviously David Wagner the whole way through I think they realise that they have got to optimise the set pieces mm. and it's worked for them as I said two, two billing long throws and a low of a corner so far of with flick-ons have come up with goals so I think they realise that that's an area that they can exploit 
perhaps because we are not so reliable in open play when it comes to the final ball. And that's really, a lot of the times, it's only the final pass and the final mm. decision which is letting them down. Even against Chelsea in the first half, we had lots of enterprising play going forward, just yeah. couldn't come up with the final ball. Um, it was much the same against Crystal Palace. Lerber was superb, and he put in some great crosses from the left-hand side. Unfortunately, it wasn't matched on the opposite flank, uh, and we couldn't get anyone on the end of them in the box. Um, so it, it isn't that Town are not without that ability. It's there. They've just got to try and make it click and and put it all together on the one occasion and uh, you know the, 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 there is creativity there and there is the potential to create goals um, it's just not quite clicked at the moment and that makes it difficult from the start of the season last season you know Reese has mentioned about the teams coming up this this season being so positive and Town were like that last season yeah. uh, there was that element of riding the crest and and all the rest of it, and it carried them through the first half dozen games until they hit the buffer against Spurs. But then, as you said, they came back. So it's it's a different dynamic this season, but there's still positives there to be picked on. As you mentioned, there we we've seen Town can create chances when when they get on the ball. They're just not converting them at the minute, uh, and they're maybe not creating as many as they'd like to. We talk about sort of changing it around a bit and trying to bring in more attacking players and get them into play a bit more. One player who we just haven't really seen this season so far is Alex Pritchard, who is the sort of player that you know is going to create that sort of space, and he's probably the person who will find that you know is most likely to find that last ball in town squad probably. But why why don't you think we've seen much of him? Obviously, David Wagner's played around the formation a little bit, but. To us, it seems obvious that that's the position that Town need to sort out, and they seem to have a ready-made replacement there. He's just not getting game time at the minute. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because he's David Wagner has been asked at every press conference now about <laughs> Alex Pritchard, and I think he's getting maybe a little bit tired of it. But it's the obvious question because he was signed as the number ten to play in the number ten formation, um, and it and it's and it's not happening. Um, Quite why, I don't know, maybe the fact that he's favoured the three centre-backs formation. Um, but I I would love to see Pritchard in there tomorrow. It would probably be at the expense of the wide players, though. And despite mentioning that Rajiv uh, Van Lepare created the chance for De Poitre, which really ought to have put town back in front at the King Power Stadium. Um, and, you know, the fans in their choosing of the 11 have gone for Van Lepar and Diakabe two wide men in there in more of a 4 or 3-3 or 4-5-1 formation but I, I liked the, the judging by what David Wagner has said and he praised the three centre-backs at Leicester he praised Moy and Billing uh, he also praised Van Lepar it's fair to point out but I think you could go with the same defence as last week, so you've got your five, your three centre backs. You could then have a midfield, uh, three of Hogg, Jonathan Hogg coming back in. For me, it would have been Williams, but we gather he's injured. But I would go for Hogg, Billing, and Moy to give you that solidity in midfield. But then I would have Pritchard floating around behind Lauren de Poitre. And in that space to create problems, maybe for Spurs, um, in and around their back line. 
So I would go personally for Pritchard. I would like to see him in there. I would like to see that energy, that creativity, um, just to give Town that extra bit of a different spark. It's not really come from the wide men so far, unfortunately. Um, Rajiv didn't have his best game last week, although he did some good work. Uh, Adama Diakabi, when he came on, didn't get into it at all. Looked a bit like a fish out of water. It was difficult for him to get into yeah, the action. I think his first touch was the tackle, which led to the goal, wasn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. So that that would be a bit off-putting for a young man as well. So it didn't really happen for them. The the formation I've talked about there with you, your four in midfield of Hog, Billing, Moy and Pritchard, it allows you to keep the threat of the Billing long throw. Um, you've got Lover in there with his great delivery. You've got the class of Eric Derm on the right-hand side. You've still got the strength of your three centre-backs. You've got the creativity of Pritchard in midfield, but yet haven't got the width, although it might come naturally from Lover and Derm pushing forward. That's what you want from your wing-backs. You want them to be pushing mm-hmm. forward and helping your attack. And then you've got the industry, the ball control... Uh, the protection of possession that you get with Lauren de Poitre, along with the fact that he does get in goal-scoring positions. So that would be the way I would go. It's very much the way Town went at Chelsea when they got the point which kept them up last season. Uh, and even though you're at home, I think that that sort of setup could work and you could still create opportunities going forward. David Vardy likes to say that they're always independent Huddersfield Town to any of the other teams that they play all the opposition they don't they don't care about the opposition they'll focus on themselves Spurs don't have Christian Eriksen this week which must have been talked about by David Wagner and his squad does that give David Wagner the option maybe of dropping one of his midfield and not having the three in midfield going down to two because the star man isn't there you know I think we're looking at Eric Lamella probably starting there who yes is a quality player but maybe isn't on the same level as Christian Eriksen so do you think that that might play a, an impact in his formation? I think so and I think it ties into the, the Pritchard argument really because I mean if you have Pritchard then he's probably not going to be as part of a defensive unit as uh, a central midfielder would be and you probably do sacrifice some defensive solidity um, and if you've got someone like Eriksen who's in on the other side in the exact same position as Pritchard then he can pick that pass he can kill the game in a matter of minutes in a matter of seconds even so it is more of a risk so I mean it's hard to know whether Wagner will do it and and will go for Pritchard but it must be coming into his mind that they aren't going to be as creatively um, fluid as they normally are Spurs they are going to have to change their system and they might not be able to hurt Huddersfield as much as they normally would so it's hard to know whether it'll actually affect his side and affect his thinking, but it's hard not to think that one of the best players in the world not being on the pitch isn't going to going to change your plan, really. Tottenham is sort of one of the games last season, we brushed on it briefly, that it kind of, I guess that set the tone for town. They kind of knew, understood how hard the Premier League was going to be once they'd played Tottenham and lost 4-0 at home last year. And they were pretty much outclassed across the park that day. What do you think David Wagner has learned from that and how do you think Town will change going into this game with Tottenham as opposed to when they maybe did last season at a similar time? I, th- I, think, he, I think he will definitely have, have learned from the experience. I mean, Town were three down inside 23 minutes. So, you know, that, you know I think the, 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 
um, expertise of Spurs was, you know, quite um, a startling shock to most people in this in the stadium that day. Um, they were mightily impressive, obviously, and I think that, you know, David David Wagner is is a canny coach. Um, he will have picked out a few areas. I think he's mentioned it in the press conference as well. That the most important thing for him is that Town analyse what they're up against correctly and then find the solutions to deal with that. So they have clearly done a hell of a lot of homework, I think. Uh, it will be interesting to see who goes out there. There's still... It, it, a lot of it is going to depend on what formation he plays. I do think he will go with the three centre-backs and the two full-backs, but you could go to a flat-back four as well. And that would give you the extra man and the wide men in midfield. So you could have a, a, a midfield three and the two wide men. Um, it's very interesting. Um, who you would drop out of the three centre-backs is a very good question at the minute. Um, because there's you know there's a cigarette paper between the three of them, really. Um, when the fans... When we, we took the, the fans who picked their teams uh, on Examiner Live... Uh, they opted to drop Zanka and that would leave you with a central two of Schindler and Congolo uh, and then Derm and Lover as the, as the full-backs. So um, it will be very interesting to see how he sets up but I do think that we'll see the three centre-backs in there. Um, and I think... <sighs> Town, he, he, talked about maybe, he talked about maybe defending deeper. I'm not sure it's a question about that. I think that you've got to pick... The right area to engage with Spurs uh, when they've got possession, and I think that's going to be the key thing. I don't think Town can afford to sit back and invite them on at all. But then again, I don't think they can afford to get the line too high either. Otherwise, they will be picked off behind. So I think that where you engage with them is going to be very important to how Town come out of it. One person they're going to have to engage with probably more than any other is Harry Kane. You know, this his stats over the last sort of three or four seasons have been pretty incredible and consistent as well. Uh, there was a lot of questions about how you deal with that threat at, at the press conference today. How do you think David Wagner would go about it? Say if he played five at the back, three in midfield. If you put Jonathan Hogg in, would you say to Hogg, you know, make sure he doesn't get five yards on you, just mark him out of the game, mm. or do you, or do you? sort of put trust in the system that goes on that Harry Kane isn't going to get space even though he's not one person's particular problem hmm. I, I, I wouldn't be sure that Jonathan Hogg necessarily would particularly be the man for that job although I may well be wrong it's one way of putting a different thought into Tottenham's mind, let's put it that way if you were to man mark him, I think someone like Williams could have done that mm-hmm. Um uh, you know very well, but he's 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 injured and not not included. Um, very difficult job to stop a guy like that. I mean, let's face it, he's the best striker or one of the best strikers in the world. One of the best we've seen for for a long time. So it's very difficult. If if people knew how to stop him, he wouldn't be so successful, would he? So I mean, I know it's a very obvious thing to say, but Town have got their work cut out to keep him quiet. And I think, as was said by David Wagner, if you can keep him quiet, then you're going a long way to blunting what Spurs can hurt you with. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's especially difficult that he's not like um, 
say, a Hazard or a De Bruyne where they're affecting every bit of play. I mean, you might not see him for a while, but then he'll crop up and he'll score one or two goals in a matter of minutes. So it's it's very difficult to come up with a plan to stop that when it's essentially a case of not making any kind of mistake and, and hoping you don't get punished, really. Yeah. I think the other point David Wagner made as well was that if you try to stop him with maybe a man marker or even maybe two very close to him, <laughs> you're leaving space for the rest of them yeah, who are you to, to run riot. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're not exactly without a bit of quality, so it, it's not a straightforward equation, is it? Where do we see Tottenham this season? Obviously last year everyone thought you know they'd, they'd give it a really good go for the title. Then over the summer didn't bring in any players but have kept all of their big stars. Where do we see them finishing this? It's quite a hard one to judge because we always see the big teams sort of boosting their, their ranks and bringing in more talent. Where do you see Tottenham finishing this year? I think they're, they're a real anomaly amongst the, the top teams. and I don't think they brought anyone in this summer. I think it, it was literally no, no incomings at all. and It's a, a lot more organic a way of, of building a, a big team than we've seen from a lot of the other big sides. So it is quite interesting to know how it'll all end. Um, they seem to be sort of hovering it around the third or fourth sort of level the last few seasons and you'd probably back them to do that again really I mean Arsenal are pretty early in their kind of project under Emery and Chelsea it's hard to know how they'll end up under Sarri even though they've started really well this season um, I would say it's a very good time to play Tottenham at the moment though I'd say that quietly but um, <laughs> they've, uh, they've got Barcelona on Wednesday in the Champions League and they obviously had the, the collapse in Milan um, against Inter, so they really need to get something out of that game if they want to go through the the Champions League group. So, I mean, they, they might have an eye on that. They might rest players or, or look to bring them off around the hour mark if 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 they're looking forward to that one. So, I mean, obviously it's, it's hard to know a good time to play a team like that, but they've certainly got other things going on and there have been a, a couple of late collapses now with them with the, the Watford game and the Inter game there's there's a few question marks there I think definitely I think it was similar with Man United last year was it not? I might be wrong but they, I think they'd got other things on their plate around the time they played Town and obviously Town cashed in with a brilliant performance mm-hmm. the sort of performance that they're going to need to produce against Spurs if they're going to get anything out of it um, this this weekend um, and I th- I think Pochettino has asked that very question. You know, do you prioritise Barcelona over Huddersfield? Because yeah. I think everyone had a little bit. It's not the sort of question you would have found being asked three or four years ago. That's for sure. But um, and, he, and his and his answer was no, 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 no. Those were the first four words he said. All the same one. So he says you cannot afford to do that. The, you know, he's basically saying there is no easy opposition at this level, and so you've got to. As, as, as I think he phrased it as Tottenham you've got to win and so you've got to think about the next match and not worry about the ones ahead of that so it it, um, it would it may help Town if they do decide that they can't afford to uh, to play one or two of the stars um, but I think it, you know it's going to be a, dif- a difficult test it is going to be a very difficult test uh, for Town and they need an awful lot of things to go right yeah, absolutely. I think we all know the, the quality that Tottenham have. I, I, I don't know, I, I saw that, that interview with Pochettino, but part of me does think Harry Kane will not, I don't think he'll play more than an hour. Not with Barcelona in midweek, but then again, Harry Kane only needs five minutes yeah. in each game to, to turn it. So 
I don't know. If, if you were to predict then the outcome for the weekend, I mean, the smart money says Tottenham by quite a comfortable margin, but what are your thoughts? Do you think Town could get something out of it? The, if, if everything goes right for Town, they need to try and stay in it as long as they can. Obviously, the goal scoring is an issue. So even though we got the, the goal to give us a, a real leg up at Leicester, it, there was a long time to play and obviously things... Uh, with the mistakes, uh, it went to, it went against town. They need an awful lot to go their way. They need to stay in the reckoning for as long as they possibly can. The head says they're not going to win. The head says they're going to lose by a couple, probably, maybe more, uh, depending on what sort of time. But it, if town were to get a point, it would be a massive point. If they were to get a win, it would be of Manchester United proportions last season. And, you know, David Wagner's again um, expressed the need for positive backing from the fans. Every single element of, of support that they can get is only going to be a help. Uh, and and the players have talked positively about rewarding the fans with some goals. Obviously, this will be the sixth home game without a goal if Town don't score. That's a record going back 40-odd years till they were, since they were last in in uh, the division that they went six matches uh, at home without without scoring and I think actually at that time they went nine out of ten home games without scoring they got one goal in that that spell uh, and that and that turned out to be a very uh, you know poor season for them so they don't want that unwanted record um, and you know if town can get their noses in front get the fans bubbling and get on a really positive foot in all elements of the performance then they might just have a chance What do you think Rhys? Yeah I'd probably agree with that I think it will take alignment of the the factors we've spoken about I think it will be clear in the first few minutes if Spurs are on it or if they aren't and and if they aren't that might give Town a bit of confidence and if they could nick themselves ahead you know maybe for a set piece or for a counter attack then you never know I mean I I do think the the loss of Ericsson will be a big one I do think that the fact that we might not see Kane or some others play the full game and the fact that they've got some other priorities. I mean, as I said, I, I think it's a good time to play them, but that is far from, from saying it'll be a a time for, for Town to get a result. So I'd probably say a, a narrow defeat for Town, but you never know. It's hard to say what will happen on the day. I, I I don't know. I I went to Leicester last week in the car. I was really excited, thinking we're going to get <laughs> yeah. the first win of the season, and then yeah, yeah and the goal within four minutes, and yeah. then it went horribly wrong. So I, I don't know. Hopefully, because I have a more negative outlook this weekend, hopefully they can go and uh, and get the win. Yeah, and that brings uh, this episode of the podcast to an end. Thanks very much for joining me, guys. We'll have a review of the Tottenham game next week, uh, as well as looking ahead to the Burnley match at Turf Moor before the international break. Uh, So until then, keep the faith.